Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in, everybody. This is the Coast to Coast Football Podcast. Friday, we go live every Friday morning at 9 o'clock in the morning, or thereabouts, 9 o'clock, 9.05. And my partner is not here, who my co-host, Nick Kendall, he is uh, on his way to Denver for the Denver Broncos and Green Bay Packers game. He's there. He'll be there this weekend. We'll be back on a normal schedule starting Monday, so we both had to go solo a lot this week. Uh, we're going to talk several things today, though. I want to hit on some of the top matchups in the NFL this week, give some quick predictions, some quick thoughts on those. I want to hit a little NFL draft talk. It's never too early for NFL draft, and we're really starting to get into that. You're starting to get a feel for some of the teams that are going to be drafting top five, top 10, one, two, we'll see some very interesting players. It's, it's a really good draft at the top this year. And um, and then finally, I want to talk a little rumor in there, the uh, the Jerry Judy trade talks. That brings in the Colts, the Broncos, and some other teams as well. And uh, and any questions you have with uh, that you come in with the chat. We do this live because I appreciate the interaction. I like doing this with y'all in the mornings. So, and then after the fact, if you have any questions, comments, uh, criticisms, you know, constructive criticisms, not just you're a clown, you know, that doesn't get me or you anywhere. Um, I'd love to hear them in the comments after the fact. Uh, Denver Luke was in here nice and early this morning. He says, good morning. Good morning to you, Luke. And uh, my swanker's coming in on YouTube. He says, he's, he says, I see we brought back a whiteout. I'm going to assume, since I know my swanker on here, he's talking about Demir Bird. The uh, Atlanta Falcons wide receiver from last year. He's been in the league about seven years or so. He's been kind of a a four in there. So he's had a couple decent seasons, started a bunch of games. And you couldn't – I watched all the Falcons games last year. Unfortunately for him, I couldn't have told you that he started 14 games last year until I looked it up. I, I just I, – I don't remember. He was unmemorable. I remember Carol Hodge. I remember Alameda Zacchaeus. remember Drake London. But man, I don't remember Tamir Bird having much of an impact on the team at all. But he was signed to the practice squad. So we'll see. I don't expect to see him too much, but he is a nice veteran presence in there. He's played for several organizations. Guys that, that bounce around like that that aren't uber talented, that uber talented guys that bounce around, there's usually something wrong. Guys that aren't uber talented that bounce around, there's usually something right. They're doing something right out there to stay in the game. They're good professionals that you can count on, can help lead the room, et cetera, et cetera. So him being on the practice squad uh, 
we'll see. But that was the the move that the Falcons made on, uh, let's see, today's Friday. They made that yesterday afternoon, I believe. So uh, let's get into this a little bit. We can uh, we can lead off. I want to hit some of the top matchups, and uh, we'll probably finish with the top matchup of the week, which is who I put on the I put on the uh, the marquee this morning when I came in, which was which was Sunday night's game: Dolphins five and ones against the Eagles five and one. Uh, that should be a really entertaining game. Uh, we'll we'll get that one last. Um, you know, and actually, I, I kind of want to touch on last night's game as well: the uh, the Saints and Jaguars. The Jaguars are a really good team. There's there's no mistaking that one. They're they're a playoff contender. I don't know if they're ready to knock off the heavyweights of the AFC, but they would absolutely compete in the NFC right now. Um, right there, probably after the likes of the Eagles, the 49ers, maybe in there with the Lions, somewhere in that in that uh in that regard. But they're a they're a solid playoff contender. They're a good team. And the Saints, we didn't really know that much about them. Uh, they didn't have really any good wins. Um, they didn't have any, you know, the losses they had were to some good teams. And I, I almost felt like the Saints showed more in a loss to the Jaguars than they had previously. And after that pick six from former Falcon Foye Aluakon and the Jaguars went up, and then I think it was the very next series, Derek Carr goes after Chris Olave for pulling up on a route. So the next time the, the Saints got the ball back, they they look like a different team. They look like the team that people have been picking to win the NFC South. So even in a loss, I think if you're the Saints fans, you can pull something out of that and say, okay, you know what? You're three and four on the season, I think. You know, you're right there. Either way, nobody's running away with the NFC South. You can turn this thing around now and, and start going, this is the team we wanted to see. This is the offense we wanted to see. Drop not included, I know, but moving the ball up and down the field, that quick strike, one, two, three, three passes in the finish to Michael Thomas was impressive. Um, I think Taysom Hill was in there, got the second pass, get him down, and then the next one went to Michael Thomas. Looked like vintage Michael Thomas out there, which is really good news for the New Orleans Saints. Um, so I, I liked what I saw from the Saints even a lot because I'm a, I'm a big fan of what the Jaguars are doing this year. So uh, with their defense and Trevor Lawrence, some of the weapons they get involved, the running game, I, I think uh, I think the Jaguars are a really good team. And I, I, I was impressed with the second half of what the Saints got going. Can they continue that? That's the next thing. They got a, a long week after playing on a Thursday night. They got a long week to try and get that going. So um, I think the Saints are going to be a handful moving forward. If you got, if you want, if you're going to get the Saints, you wanted them early. I think they're Derek Carr's getting healthier. I think they're uh, they're putting it together on that one. Um, Denver Luke, appreciate you coming with a super chat, my friend. He says, "Happy Friday, everyone. God bless." Yeah, I was teasing my daughters. I dropped her off at the school bus stop. You know, I was kind of singing Friday on the way out. She's old enough to be completely embarrassed by her dad, and I, I take advantage of that. Of course, I threatened her today. I, you know, made the same joke I've been making with her for 10 years. And I was like, I know it's old dad. I said, I got to I got to get me some new kids. And she was like, what? <laughs> I was like, I need a new audience. So I certainly uh, appreciate you on this. Um, Keith comes in Atlanta Falcons fan. He says, we do not like good news for the Saints. <laughs> Laugh out loud. Good morning, sir. And again, you know, if you're a Falcons fan, you don't. So it's time for the Atlanta Falcons, and we'll hit on them too. The Atlanta Falcons, I use the word crossroads. I saw that uh, that Kevin at the Falcoholic on his podcast used crossroads, used the same word later that day. 
that's where the Falcons are going down to Tampa. Nobody expected Tampa to be really contending for the NFC South this year. And right now they're one of the, well, there's only four teams, but right now they're co-favorites with the Saints going in, if, if not the favorite. So if the Falcons want to go in, we'll get to the Falcons here. If the Falcons want to go in and be a playoff team, they need to start showing it three and four, and it's going to start getting a little noisy. It's going to start getting a little noisy in Atlanta, a lot noisier, I should say, in Atlanta with Arthur Smith and Desmond Ritter. Uh, my Swanker asked the questions. Do you see Aaron Rodgers coming back for the Jets uh, for weeks 14 or 15? I'm, I'm guessing that is um, for 14 or 15. If, if that's the question on that as far as the weeks go, I I don't know how damaged his Achilles was. If anybody could do it, a quarterback could do it. Um, a quarterback with the arm talent that he has, it just takes away so much from his game of being able to create on the move. He's probably the best thrower on the run I've ever seen in my entire life with accuracy. There's guys that have done it for years, obviously. I mean, I'm not – Fran Tarkington was a little before my time, so was Roger Staubach, you know, the, the runners. Then you get into John Elway could absolutely run and throw. Steve Young could do it. Move forward to a guy like Randall Cunningham, you know, Michael Vick, obviously. But as far as running the ball, running with the ball and throwing velocity and accuracy, Aaron Rodgers is the best I've ever seen. That takes away that game, that, that part of his game has been decreasing anyway with age. To come back off of a off of an Achilles surgery, again, it takes his legs away. It really does. Is he a better option than Zach Wilson? One-legged Aaron Rodgers is a better option than Zach Wilson. New York Jets are pretty a football team. If he's able to, um, why not? You know, if, if he's able to, it's like, oh, we don't want to do any further damage. To, to what extent? Like, you don't want to lose him for the next three years or something? Who cares? As long as he's not doing permanent damage to his leg where he's a cripple for the rest of his life, he's got one year left in him anyway for the most part. He's he's old. So, you know, as a as a personal example for this, and no, I'm not Aaron Rodgers, and this is not the Super Bowl, but the last game I played, I, I, I played in a fast-pitch softball league in a new town, and I'd never played fast-pitch before, and I was embarrassed, and I worked really hard to be better before I moved. And I hit an inside-the-park home run, and both my Achilles, strained both of them. Um, mine are tight anyway, tendonitis in there for years. Totally worth it. I'm like, what do I care? I'm, I'm, this is it. This is my last game. If I can't limp around as long as I can still, you know, walk and function later in life, I don't care that I just hurt myself. I don't care. It was totally worth it. That's where Aaron Rodgers is in his career. What, what are you risking? Are you risking I'm going to be on a cane or, you know, in a wheelchair? And then it's not worth it. Is it, is it I might re-injure this and have to go through surgery and miss a year? Then it's probably worth it for a guy at the back of his career at this level. Um, so we will see. Um, let me see here. Dominic Haramio coming in says, good morning, Scott Falcons nation, dog nation, Broncos country. Let's go. It's time to, to get some Gators. Uh, that's next weekend. And I think I was corrected on that. I haven't even looked at the college schedule yet. I've been looking at the NFL schedule. Um, Mark Wilson asks, good morning, Mark. Hope you're doing well. It says, do you expect trades to start heating up now or will it be closer to the deadline? Um, well, every day that we go forward is closer to the deadline, but I know what you mean. I, I think once we get through this week, I would say starting Monday, it wouldn't surprise me at all to start seeing some some movement happening. 
if you've made it this far, if it's Friday, games have started, nothing's going to happen on Saturday or Sunday, I wouldn't think. Um, that just, you know, if you're here, we're not going to make a trade on game day and have to make roster moves. But Monday, yeah, Monday, you're eight days away from the trade deadline. And there's never really a ton of movement anyway. But one of those guys, and I guess I'll get into this now, one of those guys that could be on the move and, and one of the teams that could be very active in this is, is the Denver Broncos. They are one in five. They've got a lot of expensive veterans who are on con contracts that are team-friendly starting in 2024, so basically this year as well. Jerry Judy is not typically one of those guys. His, his, he goes up to a $13 million fully guaranteed contract. However, he is probably the one player other than Pat Sertan that will fetch you other than a day three draft pick in a trade. People can say Justin Simmons, but I'm not on that bandwagon right now. Justin Simmons is super expensive. He's 30 years old and he's a non-premium position. I still think he's a, at best, at best third round. And I still think he's fourth or fifth round. So Jerry Judy, there's been some talk about the Indianapolis Colts have called the Denver Broncos. No, wait a minute. Now it comes out from ESPN, Stephen Holder, who, <clears throat> who is the beat writer for the Indianapolis Colts, came out this morning and said, it's actually the Broncos who have been picking up the phone and calling the Colts. The Colts are listening, but not overly interested. And, and frankly, it doesn't make a ton of sense for the Colts. Why make that move now unless it's just simply bargain basement shopping? If I could get him for a fourth or it may cost me a third in the offseason, that doesn't really make any sense. Usually goes the other direction. But they've lost their quarterback. Gardner Minshew, I think this was a possible an outsider's hope playoff team the way they were playing. Is Gardner Minshew going to lead them that way? I don't, I don't know. Is Jerry Judy a building block of the future? He's only got one year left, and it's a fully guaranteed $13 million. Not for me. Um, he's in the same draft as Michael Pittman, and Pittman has outperformed him. He's not really a great locker room guy. I, I just I don't see this move as making a whole lot of sense for the Annapolis Colts. And so with this, when it comes to this one, I'm with Stephen Holder on this, that he said, uh, he goes, the, the, the Broncos are the ones making the phone calls. We know that's true. They were putting out phone calls uh, and, and putting those guys like Cortland Sutton on the trading block uh, over the summer and didn't get the offer they wanted. Whatever they wanted in the summer, their value has gone down for Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. If you thought you could get a high second round, maybe even a first for Jerry Judy, no way. Now you're looking at maybe being able to get a third. And someone's going to take that contract off your hands, which would be $13 million into your salary cap pool. If you're the Denver Broncos next year, would you rather have $13 million in available salary cap or would you rather have Jerry Judy? I've got a pretty good idea the answer for most Denver Broncos fans on that one. Um, Keith says, what have you heard about Sertan going to the Eagles? Um, if, if that's who you meant, Keith, nothing. He's... Patrick Sertan is all but untouchable. We're talking two first-round draft picks plus. So I wouldn't see that happen um, at all. And, and Dom's a Broncos fan. He says Jerry needs to go. And, that, and that's part of the problem is everybody knows it, including Jerry Judy, including all of the other general managers. You don't need to send Denver Broncos a whole lot in, in, in compensation. He's underperformed. Uh, he's embarrassed the team and himself on social media. 
it's not a good situation right now for Jerry Judy. And, and as far as the Denver Broncos go and the Indianapolis Colts, it just doesn't make sense. And for the same reason, the Carolina Panthers have been a team. Does it make sense for the Carolina Panthers to be giving up draft picks right now? If it's a third or fourth, maybe, maybe it does. Uh, Jerry Judy would increase what he would, he would improve the, the, uh, the room for sure. He's, he is talented. I just think he's better off as a second or third wide receiver. Like he could have been in Alabama, you know, that team, that, that team was so talented. I just think with the spotlight on, I think he just kind of wilts a little bit. He, he's, 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 he's young. He's a little bit immature that it hasn't been a great fit for him. And as, as Dom says, he says he's way too immature for the NFL. And, and that's kind of how it feels like to me that the spotlight has been a little bit too much for him being humbled and, Oh, you're worth a third round pick now. Then maybe that would be kind of an attitude adjustment. Um, we will see. Um, uh, Edward, I see you in there. I want to talk a little bit about, we, we started talking about some of the games, uh, some of the top games coming up. Uh, you know, Raiders and Bears don't look now, but the Raiders are three and three going to the one and five Bears. Raiders and Josh McDaniel could have a winning record after seven weeks. Wouldn't that be something? They're two and a half point favorites at Chicago. This also becomes really interesting because the Chicago Bears have the one and two draft picks right now. Do they win? I still think the Bears are better than one and five. It would not surprise me at all if the Bears beat the Raiders, but it, it all comes down to the health uh, of, I, I think it's Justin Fields out for this game. Um, let me see the injury report. He's doubtful. So that one hurts. I, no pun intended. Didn't mean to play on words there. I, I'm the bears need to see Justin Fields out there. They need to see him playing well to give them options. You know, what kind of options do you want to have going into the off season with those two high draft picks? You've got the Carolina Panthers pick right now, which is number one. And you've got your own, which is number two. If Justin Fields plays well, your own pick will not be top two. I, I, I don't. I, I don't think that's going to happen. Despite what goes around him, he if he's playing well, I know you can play well and lose like you did to the Denver Broncos. But I think if he's tossing four touchdowns against zero interceptions, you know, week in and week out, you're not going to have the number two overall pick. But if he's playing well, now you can spin him for a first rounder, or you could decide to keep him and and sell one or both of those first round picks and literally pick up up to six first round picks. Yes, I said six. Each one of those, the one in the number two picks this year are going to be worth three first rounders for teams trying to trade up. Each one of them. If the number three pick and Trey Lance in 2021 was worth three first rounders, uh, Drake May and Caleb Williams are worth three first rounders. Imagine coming out of this draft with three first round picks, with six first round picks. Or, you know, hey, we we keep one of them. We draft Marvin uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, in, in that in one of those two spots and trade the other one for three first round. I just we'll see. It's going to be really really interesting to see what the Bears do uh, with a talented quarterback they already have. And the option right now for two of the best quarterback prospects to come out in the last decade. It's going to be a lot. It's going to be very, very interesting to see where they go with that. Um, so that's where the, the Raiders and Bears, uh, the next game on the docket, Browns and Colts. Browns seem like they're getting it together a little bit. Uh, Deshaun Watson's starting to play a little bit better. And um, 
up there. That, but it's not really even about Deshaun Watson. It's uh, because he's questionable for the week. But it's the, the defense has been playing so well. Their defense has been outstanding. Um, I think the Colts are in a little bit of a trouble. They're at home right now. But I think some of the wind has been taken out of their sails. That one's going to hurt. The Bills and Patriots, there's a dark horse for a top two pick. They might even be a dark horse anymore. The Patriots are one of the worst teams in football right now. They're one in five. They've got a tougher schedule, so some of the tiebreakers go against them. But there could be a team that could be looking to get their franchise quarterback, their next 10 to 12-year quarterback. Uh, Commanders and Giants, I'm really interested in the Commanders still. They're three and three. I thought they would be a contender for a top five pick, but they're sitting there hovering at 500. And they've got some pretty good wins. They've got at least one good win. Uh, At Atlanta was a good win. They lose the Bears after playing really tight with the Eagles. Make that one make sense to me. So they've beaten the Cardinals, who aren't very good. They've beaten the Broncos, who aren't very good. They got blown out by the Bills. I'm like, okay, they are who we think they are. Then they go and play toe-to-toe in Philadelphia. And then they get thrashed by the 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 Chicago Bears 40 to 20 and Justin Fields looks like a number one overall pick then they go into Atlanta who they've now beaten three times in a row um in in three consecutive years and and handle their business there and, and take care of that game uh get a get an ugly win but a win's a win now against the Giants who look pretty terrible this year that should be a win for them they should go into New York and get the win and sit there in four and three and you're talking about a possible wild card team Falcons and Buccaneers, we touched on that one pretty early. The Atlanta Falcons are 3-3. Three and three. They're 0-2 on the road. The Buccaneers are a surprising 3-2. and two. Uh, They've had wins. Their, their wins haven't been all that great either. So this is a good chance to find out. Their wins are at Minnesota versus the Bears at New Orleans. They dominated New Orleans, but then they got beat, pretty good up, beat up pretty good by the Lions and the Eagles. Well, who hasn't to this point for the most part? Those are two of the top three teams in the NFC. I think this game is going to tell us a lot about both teams. As for, This would be the best team, the way the Saints were playing without Derek Carr. If they, if they beat the Falcons, that'll be their best win of their four. If they lose, they're sitting at three and three, and they still don't have very many good wins. And then they go at Bills, at Texans, versus Titans, at 49ers. That's where it starts getting a little rough for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And one of the reasons that that sounds like a first place schedule, they won the division last year with, I think, an eight and nine record. And at Bills, the Texans are playing really well right now. Titans should be a win at home at 49ers, at Colts. And then it eases up a little bit after that. But this is a big game. This is a bigger game for the Falcons for me than it is for the, 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 the Buccaneers. This is a game where. If the Falcons lose this game, it starts getting really, really tough in Atlanta about some of the questions that people are going to have. Um, and Mike Swenger says, uh, against Tampa Bay, we need Taylor Heineke to play. I don't think that's going to happen unless there's an injury or unless there's three interceptions in the first half, <laughs> unless it's uh, unless it comes off that, that poorly. But where do I think this game is? I don't have a lot of belief right now in the Atlanta Falcons. The, the Tampa Bay is playing with more want to they're at home i think it's gonna be this is the atlanta i grew up in atlanta around atlanta sports in the 80s you know the some of the worst teams in the history of this game with the braves and falcons i just i don't see it i i i I feel like there's will this team i guess the word is rise up there you go as keith just said will they rise up and meet the challenge they need to um 
Desmond, they're not that far away. If Desmond Ritter's not giving the ball away, which he has been, he's got six interceptions. We've said for this team to be successful, that all they have to do is have Desmond Ritter protect the ball and shuffle it out to their, their playmakers. That hasn't happened. He hasn't protected the ball. And Edward has a criticism. He says, I'm not sure I like seeing Bajan used out wide so much. We'd rather see him used more as a tra traditional running back uh, and maybe get some type of rhythm. I think that's also, you know, not trying to wear him out, um, you know, for the long haul. You, you, you're going to need this guy. You put a lot of resources into this guy with a number eight overall pick. And you've got Tyler Algier who can play. I, I think, Edward, this is also, this is an indication that they need some more wideouts. They need some more receiving threats. I thought that guy could be Cordero Patterson, but Cordero Patterson has been, he hasn't been a factor at all through six weeks. I scoffed at all of the trade talk going into the season. One, Patterson wasn't healthy. And two, I thought he was going to be a bigger part of this offense. He hasn't been. He, he I, I figured eight to 10 touches, which for Cordero could be 85 to 100 yards from scrimmage. It hasn't happened yet. Um, if he's back there returning kicks, he's obviously healthy. He's not a great wide out anyway. Um, you're really missing that slot guy. Oh, have you seen, and I'll, I'll never forget the smugness of Arthur Smith when they were asking what Drake ran because Drake didn't run for anybody preseason. He didn't run pro day. He didn't run combine. And he goes, you ever seen him play in the slot? Okay. Big deal. Every, any wide receiver, I would hope to God a, a, a receiver taken in the top 10 could play slot receiver. You need a, you still need a quick separation receiver on this team. The closest one you might have is Bijan Robinson, and that's really not what he's there for. So, less predictability on offense is what I'm looking for. It's like, okay, we need a play. They're forcing it to Bijan. You've got other guys. Let's see. You've got a number four overall unicorn um, who's who's starting to get right. You've got Drake London. Let's. Let's open up the passing game. Otherwise, Tampa is just going to stack the box. You're going to have nine guys on the line of scrimmage, and you're not going to be able to run the ball. You can run. You can pass against Tampa. Nobody's had really a lot of success running the ball against them. And right now, the Falcons have been way too predictable on offense. Um, moving down the line a little bit, the Lions and Ravens, for me, might be the second best game of the weekend. The Lions have been playing great. They will tell you that they should be 6-0. and They, they kind of blew one against the Seattle Seahawks. The Ravens are an interesting team. Uh, they've got wins against the Texans at Bengals, the Browns, and the Titans. So, okay. They lose to the Steelers in a game they were winning 10-0, and they lost at home to the Colts with Gardner Minshew as their quarterback. So, will the real, real Baltimore Ravens stand up? This is a good chance for us to find out how good the Baltimore Ravens are because I just went through their wins and losses. I know how good the Detroit Lions are. I'm a believer. They're, they're one of the top six teams in the NFL. How will the Ravens handle this? They're three-point favorites. It's a low over under at 43. Uh, Gamecast on ESPN gives them a 54% chance of winning. The, the Ravens, that is. Man, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of the Lions. I really am. I think the Lions can go in there and, uh, and win that game. Cardinals-Seahawks. Uh, we're talking a 4 o'clock game here. The, the, uh, the Cardinals... They got a kind of a fluky win against um, against the Dallas Cowboys. I just don't see it. They're they're still a very strong contender for one, two, or three in the draft. 
Seahawks have a good chance of going four and two in a tough division. The Rams are playing great this year. Uh, Packers and Broncos. Who? That one's ugly. <laughs> that one's just just ugly in that game. The Broncos are one and five. Things haven't been going well. How much are they going to sell off over the next week? That becomes a big question for them. Um, Jordan Love, if you give him time, he's a decent quarterback. He can make you pay. The, uh, the Green Bay is a one-point favorite, and I, I like the Packers right now. The Broncos have been finding too many ways to lose games. Chargers, Chiefs, not all that interesting. Chiefs should win that one going away. Uh, the Monday night game is the 49ers and Vikings. 49ers should handle the biz- their business against the Vikings. They're seven-point favorites on the road, but the big one is the Dolphins and Eagles. Uh, that's the Sunday night game. The, uh, the injury report, for the most part, uh, Xavier Howard's questionable. Uh, Jeff Wilson's out, but no real big names. Lane Johnson's questionable for the Eagles. Reed Blankenship safety. Jalen Carter has been questionable. Devontae Smith's questionable. And, and Dallas uh, Godair is questionable. So the Eagles are a little bit beat up. Um, if these both of these teams are at their best, I like the Eagles. I haven't seen the Eagles at their best right now. I haven't seen them play their best so far this season. They're a little banged up. And I think the Dolphins are playing better football right now. Overall, ro- across the rosters, I feel like I feel like the the Eagles are a more complete team on both sides of the ball. But right now, they're not playing as well as they can. Or maybe I'm just not. I, I'm, I'm scouting this team. Uh, but I do like the uh, the Miami Dolphins in this one. Too much speed, health. Uh, all of those things that are going to go uh, go for them. It's at Philadelphia. That will help. It'll be a big night. But uh, on that turf, with all that speed that the Dolphins have, I do like the Miami Dolphins in this one. Uh, Jay Black, he says that Detroit is a good team. They should win. It, it, that's a really interesting matchup. The, the, the NFC, the AFC North has kind of been back and forth. I mean, it usually is. They call that the black and blue division for a reason. It's a... Uh, it's a there to me. There isn't a super team right now. The, the Bengals were supposed to be the better one. They fell off. The Ravens haven't really shown up. The, the Steelers aren't quite there. The Browns might be playing the best right this minute, but this is a big chance for the Ravens, I think. And then it's also, you know, can the, can the Detroit Lions keep, keep their momentum going through this season? And I, I think they will. I think it's a, a really good team. I like that matchup against the Eagles. I like the way they're playing. I mean, against the Ravens, I'm sorry. I like the way they're playing right now. Dom says the Eagles don't have an identity on offense. Um, even if they do, I think they want to run and work off a play action. West Coast, take their shots, but it just it hasn't been clicking just yet um, for one reason or another. On that note here, we're at 30 minutes. I wanted to keep this pretty quick for everybody today. We, we burned through some NFL draft talk, some trade talk. We burned through some uh, some of the top matchups this weekend, but I certainly appreciate everybody stopping in and saying hello. And I want to say another special thank you to Denver Luke for supporting the show with a super chat. Um, leave me any comments you have after the fact. I love coming back and, and uh, Scott, you said this wrong. I, when you do these live, I say things wrong. Or if I, if you need some more clarity on if on why would you say this? Well, this is why or anything. But I, I love the interaction with the fans. I've been doing this for 20 years and it's one of my favorite things about doing this of doing it with other sports fans. I don't mean fans of me. I mean fans of the game. Uh, On that note, I'm going to get out of here. It's Friday. I hope you all have a hell of a football weekend starting last night. We had a pretty good game last night with the Saints and the Jags. 
Enjoy some college football. Enjoy a really good slate of games on Sunday and Monday. And I will be back here on these channels on Monday morning to talk Buccaneers and Falcons. And then we'll have Broncos for breakfast on Monday and Tuesday as well. So on that note, appreciate everybody being here. I got one more coming in. Jesse, thank you so much. Says thanks for a good show. Well, thank you for your support. Uh, Super Chats are the most direct way to support the show and the things we do here on these channels. So we certainly appreciate it, Jesse. Uh, on that note, I'm going to get out of here. Y'all have a great weekend. And uh, we'll see you next time.